Well, welcome to the Bruise Line Roadshow podcast. I'm your host, Daryl, and today we are on our continuing series of There's No Place Like Home. Today we're visiting Sun King Fishers, and our guest today is David Colt, David's co-founder, CEO, and head brewer here at, at Sun King. Say hello, David. Hey, guys. How are we doing? Daryl, how are you doing today? Uh, we are doing great. We're always doing great when we're near beer, especially <laughs> good beer. Fabulous. Um, so let's, uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, sure. Let's talk a little bit about the story. <clears throat> you know, people always like to know, how'd you get started? How did that all come to be? And I know some of that's pretty well publicized, but yeah. for a lot of people, I think hearing it from you is going to be a little bit different. So, so tell us about how Sun King was birthed. Well, back when I was about four or five years old and I stole my first sips of beer, uh, no, that, that's not how it got started. I was actually brewing beer at the Ram downtown Indy and I started my career at Circle V Brewing Company that uh, no longer exists anymore, but it was a good place to get, get the ball rolling. And I happened to be friends with a fella uh, who was the brewer up at, um, oh gosh, I can see it at Rock Bottom, duh. Yeah, you know, just a couple of blocks away at Rock Bottom. So, uh, you know, made our acquaintance and I actually knew Clay when he used to come into Circle V. We were one of the only breweries back then that would sell you kegs to go. And he liked to, uh, he had this rock and roll habit. So he liked to buy kegs and uh, illegally vend beer at fish shows up at at Deer Creek. Uh, So if we're talking no place like home, then you know what I mean. Uh, I've been to many of the fish shows (laughs) at Deer Creek, not as a participant, but as as you know, I also have a a local craft beer bus that's been known to park up there from time to time. Take some some folks, uh, hang out. Yeah. So... You know, we kind of reacquainted ourselves and just really had that. We just had conversations about working for other breweries and that sort of thing, uh, or other people. And Clay quit that gig. Uh, we stayed in contact. So I called uh, Clay up to get somebody else's number because he was out of the brewing business. And he goes, wait, wait, no, I want to I come back in. Um, so we you know started brewing together at the ram and over three years we had this a very casual conversation about what was the best job you ever had what was the worst job you ever had if you could open up one of these crazy things uh what would it look like how would you you know how would you treat your people and so on and so forth so as that three-year conversation was winding down we started to get approached by folks who wanted us to come on and be the brewer for their dream and as we talked to them, we're like, well, we don't really know these people and their dream may not necessarily be our dream. So let's go find our dream. And that's how Sun King was kind of born. So, so Sun King, <clears throat> uh, as far as years, you have to be coming close to 20, 25 years? Oh my gosh. Man, oh man, no, 15 will be... <laughs> Uh, July first will be our fifteenth year. Fifteenth year. Yeah. See, and I thought you, I thought you were a, a, around a lot longer than that. You've certainly been a big part of that community and the brewing community here for the last fifteen years. So. Yeah, I've been brewing professionally since '96 at Circle V Brewing Company. So I've been in it in, for a minute um, at the Ram for about eight years, and then July first, like I say, we 
we say our birthday is the first beer that we made, not the day that we incorporated as an LLC. That's kind of boring. So for brewers at heart, what do we want to hang our hat on? So what was that beer? Uh, It was Johan the Barley Wine. So it was an homage to a friend of ours who uh, was integral in, in my development and Clay's development in craft brewing uh john or johan hanley uh sadly passed on so we thought our first beer should be an homage to somebody who meant a lot to us on that front wow that's cool that's cool so fun stupid little fact our first beer we sent it to the great american beer festival and it won a medal that's awesome that's so i guess you guys kind of felt like maybe you were onto something there just a little bit just a little bit yeah so fast forward a little bit, mm-hmm. you're, you're down there on, on college in downtown Indianapolis, time to expand. So talk to me about why Fishers. I, as a matter of fact, as I was driving over here today, I think you guys are the original Fishers Brewery because you were brewing at that first location. I think you were the first people to commercially brew here. Uh, Is did anyone ahead of you? Redemption beat us? They're in Indy. They're on the other side of the road. Ah, <laughs> well, then, by default, we yeah. were on the north side of 96th Street. So <laughs> yeah, you were on the right side of town. We were on the right side of town. Uh, no, Four Day Ray was actually brewing before we started, I believe. Yeah. I, I, well, I knew but it was not by close. much. Yeah, it's very it's close. Probably pretty yeah. close. Yeah. So give them, give them credit for that. So why, why Fishers? You know, you could have went anywhere from downtown Indy. Well, this is a... A long and sordid story, but it's actually fairly simple. We were looking at our state laws and our production cap, and we said, oh my gosh, well, what are we going to do if we bust that cap? we got to build a new brewery because the state allowed you to have as many breweries of a smaller size than one larger brewery. And so we went to, you know, we talked to... Uh, Indy, we talked to Carmel, we talked to Fishers, and, you know, just met up with two mayors, and then uh, I forget who from Indianapolis met up with us, and just chatted about, would you be welcoming, and is there a special place or area that you think makes good sense for us? And so, Mayor Fadness, great guy, really like speaking to him, down-to-earth person, you know, you can have a beer with him and talk to him. He was the most compelling and most welcoming, and we're like, all right, let's let's do it. So we actually bought some land uh, at 106th Street, and we're going to build that full-on production brewery and kind of mirror what we were doing downtown Indy, and the cost, you know, started to get out there from three to four to five million to ten million and was increasing from there, and we're like, shoot, uh, maybe it's cheaper to change a law. And so we did that, but we wanted to honor our commitment to, to, you know, planting a flag in Fishers. So we, you know, talked to the mayor and said, hey, we're going to, instead of this grand thing, we're going to start off with a foothold and see, do people care if Sun King Indianapolis brews beer in Sun King Fishers, and will that make a difference? And the answer was a resounding yes. And so when this project that we're sitting in the middle of here at 116th Street, uh, across from the big old fences at uh, Top Golf, came up. Then we called Thompson Thrift, who we actually originally bought the land from on 106th Street, and we're like, "Hey, 
you got a cool thing going on with some, you know, with the hotel and uh, apartment buildings and a lot of other synergies. I think we want to, you know, be a part of that plan. And they're like, oh my gosh, that's great. So that's, that's awesome. how we got here. So you've been in the community for a while. Mm-hmm. What would you tell visitors about Fishers? What would your take on Fishers be to people who maybe are driving up and down 69? Well, I would say that first and foremost, Hoosiers are awesome people, um, humble and nice and all that kind of stuff. I would say that folks in um, Fishers, Indiana specifically, you know, it's just a dynamic, vibrant community. I can't even, I don't even know, and perhaps you remember, Daryl, how big Fishers was when you first moved to this area and, you know, how big it is now. Well, 14,600 people. <laughs> um, so, and that wasn't that long ago when you think about uh, where the, I guess we're the fourth or maybe third largest uh, city in Indiana now. I think we just, just passed South Bend. Oh, man. So okay. You think of South Bend as a big city, right? Yeah. Um, that's where I'm from. So, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're right there now. So, Let's talk a little bit about some of the core values, some of the mission statement. Um, We'll get back to a little bit more of the growth story as well. You know, you mentioned earlier, you guys had a lot of conversations about how you treat people, the type of people you'd wanted to work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, How does that come to life in in Sun King right now? Oh man, that's a deep probing question. We, you know, we like to do uh, at least once a month or so have a cultural tour where Clay and I will invite, you know, all the new hires full or part-time down and kind of walk around the brewery and tell the story of how we got started and what we think about. And that's usually about a three hour tour, you know, we're tasting and talking and, and sharing information back and forth. So I think that's one of the ways that we sort of make sure that, you know, our philosophy of being kind and caring to each other, um, supporting people no matter what, you know, what they're into, how they look, dress, or feel, as long as they have a positive mental mental attitude, can do, and collaborative spirit, then we are down to have you as part of our team. That's awesome. So you're, you're a uh, CEO and a brewer. Uh, yeah. So- those are two interesting jobs. Uh, give us some ideas, some of the challenges along the way, you know, as you got to the point where Sun King has some of the biggest challenges and maybe some of the more peculiar things that happen. Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the biggest challenges, and I was just talking to um, my friend Matt Rubin at uh, True Essence, and it's one of those, one of those things. At first, I was the only brewer. Clay was my assistant, and he was also the head delivery guy and sales guy all in one, you know, all the many hats you wear as a very small business with only a couple of folks. So, you know, part of the challenges are knowing when to step back away from hammering those nails and running all the brews and letting other folks who you've trained do that and to look more outward to how you grow your business. And those, you know, those are pretty, pretty big. So, as far as the hammering the nails part, I still uh, put on the brewer's boots, you know, every Tuesday morning here at Fisher's where I get to uh, be by myself for a few hours and mash in and really kind of commune with the thing that brought me to craft beer and brewing and then turn it over 
to Jake Goodnight, who's our lead brewer here at the Fishers location. That, that, that's great. A little bit back to the roots every a Tuesday. A little bit. A little touchstone, yeah. yeah. Um, so talk about Sun King's approach to brewing. I mean, you guys have done hundreds of beers. Uh, what oh it, would gosh. you say are some of the more interesting things you've done? And, uh, and then touch on the sunlight story. Sure. Uh, because that's certainly a success story uh, for Sun King and for many brewers here yeah. in, in Indianapolis. So, so our, our philosophy for making beer is something delicious that you would drink a whole pint of. Uh, I would say that our style is to make eminently quaffable beer, right? So there's that. Do we make all the fun, crazy stuff? We do. But I would tell you that you could, you would be able to drink a pint and go, okay, that was a nice pint, as opposed to, you know, a few people, places, and no, no hate on it or anything. But you know, it's a beer where you take a sip and you pass the bottle around, and that's about all you'd want. You're glad you had that sip, and it was a good sip, uh, too. But you know, I'm in the business of selling beer and making smiles, so I, you know, we like to make things that are are tasty, expressive, but are drinkable at the same time. So I think maybe that handles the first part of your question, your two-parter, and the second part, uh, Sunlight Cream Ale was never meant to be our flagship beer. It was the first seasonal beer. I mean, the first beer we made was a seasonal beer in Johan the Barley Wine, but for real, and we waited a year for that to finish fermenting and aging and stuff before we brought it out. But our first seasonal beer outside of the cores that we made thereafter was sunlight because, hey, man, it was, you know, late July, August, hot as heck out, as we all know. And we wanted something that sort of was an homage to uh, some of the beers, maybe your first beer, my, you know, a lot of folks' first beer in uh, Little King's cream ale and we're like hey let's let's make a cream ale but let's do it a little differently let's do it kind of in craft style so we made that first batch and man that sold pretty quick and we're like well it's still warm out we'll make another batch and that one sold even quicker and we're like I guess we'll make one more before it gets you know fall and we ought to turn to porters and stouts and such we had just opened our tap room to the public the weekend after Labor Day and folks were coming in they're like hey can I get that Sun King or that Sun Cream beer and we knew exactly who they were which one they were talking sure. about because if they were a hophead they were going to say I'd like Osiris please yep. <clears throat> so uh, and it still happens today people come in and they'll have an empty growler that maybe they got that you know somebody brought to a party and they're like I want that Sun King and I go so you want the cream out I don't know, and I hand it to them, and they take a sip. Yep, that's it. That's, that's the one I want. I want. Yep. That's the one I want. <clears throat> so, you know, we started telling folks, hey, this is going to be the last batch until maybe next spring. Oh, don't do that. It's my favorite beer. It's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. Well, all right, we'll make another batch, but it, it's going to slow down eventually, and then we'll, by January, of course, no one's going to be drinking Sunlight Cream Ale. We were wrong. People wanted it, and to this day, it's about 40% of all the beer we make. I have a long craft beer past. Um, I used to travel around for business, and you'll remember this. Not everybody listening will remember that thing called MapQuest. Yeah. So I'd land at a hotel, and then I'd MapQuest, and there's <laughs> craft brewery. Certainly in a lot of markets, and I think this was one as well. You know, craft beer was that 
expensive, funky stuff that I wouldn't drink. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm going to have my, my big beer, right? And we won't name all the names, but, uh, but I think Sun King, certainly in this market, uh, opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that you can have very drinkable beers. Mm -hmm. They can also be very creative at the same time. And, you know, it doesn't have to be um, something way out in the in the hither lands and beer yeah. land it, it can be something down to earth and it can be something a little bit as you put it i like i like i like uh beer and smiles right it can yeah. be something that makes you snicker a little bit when when you look at look at the title or drink it so i appreciate that when you look at deciding on your breweries uh, mm -hmm. or, or the brews you're going to do you mentioned seasonals or the next one uh how does that happen i mean does someone come up with an idea and say hey i want to do this and all you and your brewing staff get together how do you launch a new one or how do you change one out how do those decisions oh, come up um well changing out you know sales velocity kind of tells you all you need to know there so one of our core beers was uh, an esb called bitter druid i don't know if you remember that when we first started and we thought okay so our flagships are going to be Wemac, uh which is still around because the sales are there to support it bitter druid which is not around and Osiris, which is still around, right? And Sunlight wasn't part of our Imagineering. So after about a year and a half, we kept looking at the sales trends. And by, you know, at this time we weren't in, we were barely maybe in um, package stores, definitely not grocery stores. So a good majority of the beer was going through the tap room downtown. And we said to ourselves, man, every single thing that we make not named ESB outsells the crap out of this ESB. So, well, I guess we know what we're not gonna make anymore. anymore. <laughs> and that was the bitter druid. So there are five people that I run into regularly who still give me, you know, heck over, when are you gonna make some more bitter druid? Well, we'll get around to it, but it'll be a seasonal if, if at all. And it might only have five people. They come in to get it. That's yeah. the danger, right? That is the danger. Um, yeah. So talk a little bit about your connections with the community. You, your Sun King is very active in, in the communities uh, that they serve. So give our listeners a little flavor of some of the things that you guys get involved in. Oh, my gosh. It's a lot of stuff, right? We care. Kind of the Boy Scout motto, leave it better than you found it. Um, you know, we care deeply about the humans that come in to support us. So in order to care for the folks that help me live my dream, I have to care about the things that they care about. And so we engage with over 500 501c3 organizations throughout the state. Wow. We help out fundraising as much as possible. Maybe it's a, you know, dollar back uh, on a pint night kind of thing. It's uh, an awareness. Uh, we may sell beer at a discounted rate, which we can do to charitable organizations. You know, we'll cover our costs, but then we'll take a little bit of the, the margin out. Like um, Sausage Fest, we do that, right? We sell beer to them for one-third in-kind okay, pricing cool. so that they can turn that into a major fundraiser for their school um, and everything in between, up to and including... Uh, Broadway across to Indianapolis, right? So we make a beer for a particular, you know, player musical that comes through town. 
That's that's great. You guys have been involved in both you and Clay, and, and probably others in the organization have been involved in in kind of the craft beer legislation. Tell me a little bit more about what you think are some of the progress we've made here in in supporting the craft beer industry and and for that matter the liquor industry in in Indianapolis and some of the places we might need to go. I'd appreciate hearing your opinion on that. I think, well, some of the progress we've made, geez, uh, Sunday growler sales before we had Sunday, you know, sales in general was a huge win for craft breweries, right? That That was pretty massive. We changed the law from... Uh, a cap of 20,000 barrels no matter where you sold the beer to 20,000 barrels only for in-state sales. And that was to help our friends at Three Floyds where the majority of their beer was going out of state, right? But they were still going to run up against that cap. Yeah, into Chicago area. Then we went from that to raising that cap for from 20 to 30 with the exemption of out, out of state. And then we raised the cap from 30 to 90. And then in between that 30 and 90 conversation, we got together with Three Floyds and um, Starlight Distilling and a couple other folks and added artisanal distillers license so that anybody who's making cider, beer, um, wine could have a small distilling permit kind of attached onto their their major permit to make some more fun, tasty things. So I think a lot of really great brands were born out of that. If you think about um, down in Nashville, Hard Truth, you know, they, I'm sure they started as an uh, AD or artisan distilling license. Now they have that large distilling license and beautiful space down there in Nashville. So yeah. I'm sure there's a, a number of folks in the craft beer community here in Indianapolis and, and elsewhere who are very grateful for the efforts that you guys have done to help support the industry. I mean, it helps you, but it helps everybody. So, While the rising tide carries all boats, right? Yep, absolutely. We are called the Bruise Line Roadshow. Yeah. I mentioned earlier that we are traveling around the country uh, discovering the stories and the, and the great things that make craft beer uh, what it is. And you have a few other locations, so where might we want to stop on our road show and have a little bit more Sun King beer? Mm. Aside from downtown Indy, the airport, uh, Carmel location, then our location in Mishawaka, right on the river, and uh, also added about the same time is our Sarasota brewery. So if you're flying south for the winter, or you're going south for, uh, for beaches for whatever reason, pop into pop into there yeah yeah and and a day like today where it's uh, about 36 and raining uh, sarasota sounds pretty good to me i don't know gloomy 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 it's been a very gloomy january for sure um uh before we get into i want to get into a little bit more about dave but uh, if you had to define success at sun king Mm -hmm. what would that what would that definition be Well, I will tell you that my original definition of what success was, um, or is rather, is not what you see before you in in the number of places I just kind of rattled off. I think our business plan called for a thousand 
1,000 barrels of beer growth over 10 years to 10,000 barrels. That's about as you know exciting as we got with it. Uh, in our second full year of business, we hit that number. So we then took that script and pretty much threw it out the window. So I think what success means is that we're able to pay our bills, pay our people well, to be a good steward in the community, um, report ourselves well, and to make as many smiles as we can. So as we as we start to, to wind down a little bit, a couple of personal questions. Yeah, go for it, Daryl. Uh, um, favorite football team? Oh, boy. With my last name, you're going to think I'm going to call out a local favorite. Um, I love when the Colts win. Uh, because that makes the people in the community happy. I'm originally from South Bend, and being an older person, the Colts didn't exist at the time, so Bears. Bears fan, okay. Favorite beer that you've brewed here at Sun King? Dave's favorite. Oh, golly. Well, I will say that my they're all like my children, so I can't pick one over the other. But a pint that I go to most often is Osiris. Osiris. I'm a hophead, and the ABV isn't that crazy on it, so I could have one or two and still be okay to drive home. So tell me a little bit about, you mentioned you're from South Bend. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about the early, early years (laughs) of growing up in South Bend, and how did you get yourself here to Indy? People always like to know the personalities behind what they're drinking, sure. so share a little of that with us. Um, aside from the, you know, the story of having a uh, first sip of beer at four or five, you know, grew up in South Bend, and uh, it's time to go to college, and I went, hmm, where do I want to go? I had a good friend that uh, was a choir kid and did theater and, and show choir and that sort of thing, and I had a good friend who was who graduated you know, from Adams and was going to Hanover College. And I thought, well, I've never heard of this. What, what is this place about? And then one of my best friends since the third grade was like, I'm going to Hanover. And I, so I started to take a deep look at it. And I went, man, it's about as far away from South Bend as I can get and still be in state, <laughs> and make it home in a reasonable amount of time. And so I thought, yeah, what the heck? Before the internet, the only thing I saw was a pamphlet on what the place looked like, and I got down there and I was amazed at the beautiful architecture. It's a darling little campus right on the Ohio River. So, you know, uh, I went to... Uh, beautiful I, Madison, Indiana. Correct? Madison. Well, it's in Hanover, which is adjacent to Madison, Indiana. Um, and they have a, the regatta in the summertime every year. You've got Clifty Falls State Park. It's a beautiful state park. Uh, so lots to love there. Um, I joined a fraternity after graduation, you know, a couple of us kind of got together and we were like, okay, what are you doing after graduation? I don't have a job lined up, me neither. All right, uh, let's move to Indy, which seemed to be sort of uh, in between where everybody else was from and a place that we could maybe, you know, start to put down some roots. So, you know, I started bartending and uh, that sort of thing. I was working at a place called The Cork, which was Keystone at the Crossing. It's now where Sullivan's Steakhouse is. And I, you know, was talking to the general manager who was leaving to go start up a brewery with three friends. 
and one of them was Mark Vanovich of Circle V Brewing Company. And I said, man, oh man, that, that sounds like fun. I've always loved beer ever since I was, you know, yay high. And I really like, and I grew up in my grandmother's kitchen, so I'd really like to see, you know, I'd like to have a brew day. And so that moment is the thing that was the catalyst for why Sun King exists in my mind, just helping Mark mash in and making that first batch of beer. And after that day, he, I guess I didn't uh, suck too bad because he invited me to come back and, you know, kept me around as his assistant brewer. So what's next for Sun King Fishers and Sun King in general? Oh, gosh. Well, Sun King Fishers is kind of our experimental uh, innovation space for non-barrel-aged beer because uh, our downtown location is where all of the barrel and funk and stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't brew a beer specifically for that. So we, you know, collaborate uh, with Andrew Hood, who's our barrel program manager down there, to make some interesting, weird stuff. But here, we'll, you know, look at specific ingredients. There'll be a one-off beer that we'll make that will lead us toward another beer. So Keller Hayes is one of those. We started you know, dabbling in that um, juicy, uh, unfiltered, you know, beer space. And so we did a couple of different different uh, innovations of uh, beer that then became Keller Hayes. Right. Well, David, I want to thank you for your time today oh, and really sharing with folks a little bit behind the scenes of what's become decidedly an iconic brand here in Indianapolis. Oh, that's nice of you to say. So appreciate that. And I just want to say, cheers, my friend. Cheers, Daryl.